0: We thank God so much for another great opportunity. In this year is our year of focus as, as a church. And today is a CTU day. So we are focusing on the child's relationship with God and speaking on the topic a focus on the child's relationship with God. The child is very very important. In Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6. The Bible says that train up a child the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. When you are done, give me the NLT to train up a child the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. It means that we have been given the mandate to train up the child, which path he should follow. NLT says that direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Because when a child is born, a child is, has been born like, like a blank sheet. And the kind of training that you give to the child determines the kind of heart the, heart the, the child develops. The kind of person he grows up into. Yeah, nobody is born a murderer, a wicked person, or anything. It is the training and the environment and the kind of things that the child is exposed to. That is what determines what the child becomes. That is why, as Christians, we have been told that direct your children onto the right path. Train the child the way he should go. And when you do that and they are older, they will stick to it. They will not depart. It becomes what defines them. So who we are has been as a result of the kind of training that we receive when we're growing up, the kind of environments that we're exposed to, the kind of things that the media, the, 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 the songs we are listening, the environments your friends have or contributed to who you are today. You understand? So if there's any attitude you see in you, there's any character you find in your life that you are not comfortable with, you want to make sure that once you are also raising your children, you ensure that you give them the right training so that you can eliminate all those things that you don't, you, you don't like in yourself. There are some things about you that you don't like, isn't it? There are some things about you that you, 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 you are not comfortable with. And so you want to ensure that you train your children in a, 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 the right way, so that they will also not grow up. And you can actually tell from yourself where you pick those traits from. The things in your life that you are not comfortable it, with, when you look at your life, when you when you trace back your life, you you can tell where you pick. You can tell that yes, I pick this thing from here, and I pick this thing from these gangs, and I pick these things from those. Yeah, you can you can tell. So the same way as you are raising your children, you want to ensure that. You raise your children. You create, yeah. You identify all those gangs and all those groups, and you find a way to prevent your children from being exposed to the things that you got exposed to that's, that didn't help you. Yeah, the things that corrupted you. You want to ensure that your children do not get exposed to those same things, so that they they get corrupted. Hallelujah. And the reason is because as parents, we are stewards. We are. We are, we are stewards that God has entrusted the children to. In Psalm 127, verse 3, the Bible says that children are a heritage from God. Children are a gift from God. It means that, it means that a, a child has come from God. That is basically what it means. Every child that we have, it is God who has brought them, given them to us, who has given them to the world. The last time I spoke here on, on the CTU, there, I explained that, when God hears the cry of people on the earth and he is coming to bring a solution, he sends a child, he sends a baby as a solution. So we read from, from Exodus, Exodus chapter 3 verse 5 when God was called Moses and was telling him, I have heard the cry of my people. I have seen the tears of my people and I am coming to deliver them. When God said that he was sending Moses. Moses was the one who was the child that was being sent to bring their liberation. So whenever God is bringing a liberation to the world, he sends a child. You understand? So every child you see around has a unique gift, a unique talent, a unique contribution to the world. Every child you see around has been sent for a specific purpose. So children are indeed a gift from God. They are gifts from God. In in first Samuel, we learned that when God needed a prophet, when the prophet Eli and his children, when the children of the prophet Eli were going wayward and the whole Israelites were going with, with them, and God needed a prophet, God needed a priest, he brought Samuel. At that time, Hannah had been waiting for a child for so long, and God decided to answer that cry when Hannah decided that, once you give me the child, I'm going to give that child to you. So the child Samuel came, Right from the womb, someone was innocently growing up, but he had no idea that before he was born, God had already decided what he was going to do with him. And that is the same thing with our children. God has already decided what he intends for them before they were born. So he told Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So you'll be surprised as the children are moving about, God already knows, God has already defined what He is bringing them for. So the child that you see around carries a great potential for this age. Hallelujah. And that is the reason why we have to understand that God has given us as stewards, as the people who are raising them, so that that purpose will be accomplished. Let's look at something from Judges chapter 13 from verse 3 to 5 about, about, about Samson. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. And therefore please be careful not to drink any wine or similar drink and not to eat any anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. When the Israelites were being tormented by the Philistines, and they were crying unto God, and they were crying unto God for a savior, crying unto God for a solution. As they were praying and crying, some people would be thinking that, suddenly God will send an angel appearing from heaven to be coming to deliver them from the philistines but look at the solution God used that is the wisdom of God that is how it is the wisdom of God it appears in ways that you cannot detect that you 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 least expect when people were crying unto God that God we are in trouble what should we do we need you please come and deliver please come and save us fast and praying, crying unto God day and night. So as people are, are fasting and praying, crying unto God day and night, you have no idea that the baby that you have born, you've just given birth to, is the answer to the cry of some people. You have no idea. As people are always coming to church, Friday we're here praying. On the Saturday we're praying. If you go to various places all around the world, people are praying. There are so many things going on in the world that uh, the, the, world is, the world is in tears, the world is crying. So many things. And as people are crying, you may think that God is suddenly, an angel is going to appear from heaven to bring that solution. But it's these little children who have been sent as a solution. That is how God does it. So he sent Samson and was a baby that was going to be born to be the one to deliver Israelites from the Philistines. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 6, verse uh, in Judges chapter 6 verse 12 we also see the same thing about about Israel when the Midianites were afflicting them and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said to him the Lord is with you you mighty man of valor so that was Gideon when the angel appeared to him he had no idea what he had in himself but this Gideon was looking down on himself he thought he was he was just a child but the angel was telling him, God is with you, you mighty man. It means that God knew what he had put in Gideon. God knew what he had brought Gideon on the earth for. So when everyone was seeing Gideon as just an ordinary young guy who, uh, who has no might, who is just timid, God was seeing what he had put in him. When the angel appeared, he said that the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Because at that time, the Midianites were tormenting the Israelites. And, and the Israelites were crying unto God. And they didn't know that God had already sent the solution. And that solution was that young guy who had been walking about and no one respected. They had no idea that he was the mighty man of valor God has sent. Hallelujah. So that is the one thing I want you to understand. That the children that we have, they are the solution. They are the people that God you, God, had, God has invested so much in them. For this age hallelujah and as parents it is our responsibility all that we are doing as parents we are channels through which god brings these children to the world and we are the ones who are supposed to provide the right training the right environment for them to grow up and become all that god has called them to be for the children to flourish and become everything god has called them to be we the parents are the ones supposed to create that environment we are the ones supposed to provide that training that is our responsibility, and that is what we see in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. He says that the fathers should not provoke their children, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. We have been caught. So that is our responsibility as, as parents, to bring them up in the training. And so let, yesterday I was saying that the, so the most important investment that you can make in your life is investing in your children. The most, a lot of people come on this earth. We are always busy. From uh, to, today is Sunday, tomorrow you 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 see where all of us will find ourselves. Yeah, even today. Some, uh, I mean, people are people are waiting to to leave here yeah, to go to work because we are busy chasing chasing money here, chasing people traveling from this country to that country, chasing this contract after that contract, investing in this, investing in that, building this. but the greatest investment that you can make is investing in your child the most important investment that is what has eternal value because the one that you are you are you are chasing now the one that keeps you so busy that you are not even having time for your family you are not having time for your children that's investment you'll be surprised that after you've built all those things and your child is not well trained you'll be surprised that <laughs> You'll be surprised that a child is coming to inherit all these things, all these businesses, all these buildings. Ah, You You wish that you were brought back from the grave to come and correct. (laughs) You'll be surprised that the untrained child will come to blow all, all your sweats. All your sweat will go away. <laughs> yeah, because most of the time we, we, we forget to focus on the most important things. We forget to focus on investing in things that have eternal value. So Jesus said that do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Think about things that have eternal value. Amen. If you invest in the buildings and every other thing, they do not have the eternal value. But if you invest in your children, you've invested in the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation. You understand? If you invest in your children now, if you train your child now, the child with that training will also train his children, and the one with that training will also train it. And and you will see that you've actually made the right impact, a lasting impact that goes from one generation to another. All your businesses, all your investments might not go from one generation to another if they are not inherited by the right people. Hallelujah. Yeah, that is why we have to look at this building we are in. People sacrificed to build this. But look at what we see today. A lot of the times, that is when we fail to recognize the, the right investment to make. That is when we see all these things happening. those who sacrifice i mean so me, you can clearly see that the parents of these uh, of these ones used to understand the gospel they love god so much they were ready to go to carry stones to come to build this it, it, it was not built by the modern machines that we have so you can imagine the kind of work that went into building all these big churches all over the city so the parents had great love great passion for god the parents were people who understood what Jesus had done for them. They understood it so much that they were ready to sacrifice their lives to go into other nations as missionaries, to tell them about Jesus, to tell them about the love of God that they have experienced. They had that level of understanding. But unfortunately, their children were just following them to church. They didn't have that level of understanding. So because of that, it got to a point where when the children had to inherit all the hard work of their, their, their parents, they didn't understand why. They didn't understand. So why did you leave all this place to go to Africa, to go to Asia? What do you? <laughs> they come to meet the building. What was the use of? Get rid of the building and let's do something more important. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as parents, we thank God that we are being trained to focus on making the right investment. Hallelujah. Making the right investment. But it's, 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 it's a challenge that in this generation, as you have given birth to your child and you are trying to raise this child to accomplish this purpose, the child is also growing up in a society that is giving the child a different training. The child will also go to school and go to meet friends and other people who are also carrying the child to uh, giving the child another direction. Recently, when uh, Reverend was teaching us, uh, the leaders of the church were were here, and Reverend was telling us a story about a friend of his. Yeah, yeah, about, about a friend of his. It just occurred to me that. I don't know if I have the permission to say. Just in case he's, just in case he's listening to us. <laughs> yeah, about about a friend of his who used to be very very intelligent, very very intelligent, and uh, an exam that they wrote, he taught the whole of West Africa. It means that he was that intelligent that everybody knew that this this child has a future. Everybody could tell that this child has a great future, and everybody was looking forward to that future. But when it happened that a child had to go and live in the boarding house, had to go to the secondary school to, to live by himself, he fell among bad company. <laughs> the moment the he left the roof of his parents, he fell among bad company. And immediately, the person who was supposed to be a very intelligent person, the world is looking up to, had to find himself addicted to drugs, His life is completely going down and down and down because of it. it It is a great challenge that as we are trying to raise our children, we have a society that is trying to influence them wrongly. We have some songs influencing them wrongly. The media is influencing them wrongly everywhere around us. It might look like it is impossible that in such a generation we will be able to raise our children the right way God has told us to do. It might look like it will be impossible to train up the child the right way he should go. He says that direct the child on the right path, and when he grows, he will not depart from it. He will stick to that path. It looks like it is impossible to do that in this generation. But I want to tell you that you can counter these challenges when you focus on, training the child to develop his own relationship with God. When you focus on training the child to develop his own relationship with God, they will grow up and still have that relationship. Yeah, because they know God for themselves. At first, they were just following you to church. But when they come to understand, develop their own relationship with God, wherever they find themselves, they know God for their themselves, so they will not be doing the right thing because their parents are around. They will not be doing the right thing because uh, uh, their teacher, their headmaster is around. They are doing the right thing because God is there because they have the relationship with God themselves. They've understood things by themselves. You understand? So that is the first thing you want to focus on. You want to focus on ensuring that your children develop their own relationship with God. So the first thing I want to tell you is to train the child to hear God for himself or herself. Train the child to develop the ability to hear God for himself or herself. First Samuel chapter 3 from verse, verse 1 to 9, we see something about Samuel. That the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass... At that time, while Eli was lying down in the place, and when his eyes began to grow dim, that he could not see, and before the Lamb of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of the Lord was, while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and and he answered, Here I am. am." So he ran to Eli, said, Here am I, for for you called me. And he said, I didn't call you. Lie down again. And he went to lie down again. Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. Samuel, Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. I didn't call you. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Do you realize what just happened? Samuel had been in the church. He had been lying by the in the tabernacle lying just where the presence of god is that he lives with the pastor he lives with the priest he has always that is he grew up like that it has become a routine thing for him to be lying down in the presence of the lord in the church it has become a normal thing to be living with a priest it has become a normal thing for him but he did not know god So God was calling him, but he couldn't identify the voice of God, even though he was in church. And that is exactly the same thing that has happened, if you look at this generation. If you look at a generation that was very much on fire for God, and how their children come and they do not know God. Their children were just following their parents to church. They were used to church as a a ritual, as a culture. It's a normal thing in this nation, we are Christians. We go to church, so we always on Sundays. That is why these buildings are there. We always just go and come. But not knowing the law for themselves. So when God is talking, the ability to discern God's voice is not there because you do not know God for yourself. Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Why? Because the sheep The first voice the sheep gets used to is the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd is the one who is very close to the sheep, always with them, feeding them. When they were were lambs growing up, feeding them, taking care of them all the time. So the sheep grows up, getting used to the voice of the shepherd. When a stranger comes to call them, they will not go because they have learned to discern the voice of the shepherd because they've gotten used to the voice of the shepherd. So when strange voices are calling them, they do not go because they've been trained to get used to the voice of the shepherd. It is the same thing when babies are born. Like the baby Eunice is holding now. <laughs> he knows it when, when, it's, when Eunice is around and when a stranger is, is, is there. Sometimes when they are crying and a stranger is coming, they, they will not go. And a stranger is calling, they will not go. Even if it's dark, if it's very dark, and they hear the voice of Eunice, they will immediately stay calm because they know that this is my mom. But the baby has grown up getting used to the voice of the mom. You understand? So when other voices are coming, they know that that's, this is a strange voice. If we focus, if a child is born, the child is blank. If we focus on training the child to get used to, so the same way your child has physically gotten used to your voice, you have to realize that a child is a child of God. Like we have said, we've established from the beginning, man is a spirit. He has a soul and lives in the body. You have to realize that a child belongs to God. So as the child is getting used to your voice, you also have to remember to train the child to get used to the voice of God, the God who brought him. Remember, you are just a steward. You are taking care of the child for the master. So, if the child is getting used to your voice, then you also want to make sure you train the child to get used to the voice of the master, of the main person who brought him to this world. So, someone did not yet know the Lord, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So, he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me, then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Then Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Hallelujah. He was trained that, no, when you hear it again, learn to say, speak, Lord. Samuel was trained to discern the voice of God from other voices. People become anything they evolve into because of other voices. There are so many voices that speak to people. Go and steal that thing. Go and do that. So many voices. They have, it comes to so many different sources. It comes to so many different sources. But if you train the child to get used to the right voice, when other voices, when strange voices are speaking, they will learn to say, no, you are not my master, because they've gotten used to the right voice. They've gotten used to the voice of their master. And the only way through which you can discern the voice of God from other voices is through the Bible. Hallelujah. It's through the Bible. So you train the child to get used to the voice of God by training the child to observe his quiet time, to observe a devotion, to have a life of observing a quiet time every morning. Just like you train the child to get to know that there's something called breakfast. So, as he's going up, he knows he wakes up in the morning and he starts crying because he knows that there's something called breakfast. He knows that because you know that the child needs the breakfast, he needs the lunch, he needs the dinner to be able to grow healthy and well physically. The same way, you also want to train the child's spirits too. You don't want to neglect the spirits. So, as you are training the child to understand that there's something called breakfast, you also have to train the child to understand that no Bible, no there's something called the word of God for his spirits. Their spiritual growth. It's not just physical growth, but also spiritual growth. That's why when the children were, were teaching us, they were singing, If you want to grow, if you want to grow, hallelujah. Pray every day. The children sang better than us. Oh, but it's true. Their children sang better than us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so as you are training the child to grow physically, train the child to also understand his spiritual growth the same way. The same way he can you tell him that before we take breakfast, we read our Bible and we pray. You train the child to understand that the breakfast is just for the body. But you are not just the body. You are a spirit. So for that for your spirit to grow, you read the Bible. That is where you learn to know the right voice to listen to in your life. So you train the child every morning, pick the Bible. Let's read. Hallelujah. Yeah. Reading the Bible. And you, you learn to listen to God's voice as you read the Bible. So that you don't just read a letter. You, just, you don't just read the history. You don't just read any story. If you want to read any novel or any other story, you can just go to uh, the shop to get them. But when you pick the Bible, you know it's the voice of the Holy Spirit you want to listen to. So you train the child. And when you pick the Bible, speak to God. Tell him, Holy Spirit, I want to learn your word. Help me to understand this. And when he reads, you ask the Spirit of God, what are you trying to tell me? What's the meaning of this scripture? the child learns to hear the Spirit of God speaking to him as he's growing up. So as he's growing up, the voice of the Lord gets stronger and stronger with him, and it becomes part of him. So when other voices, because as you and I are here, we all know that there are other voices that speak to us too. Yeah, the same temptation that the people in the world uh, uh exposed to, we we also get the same temptation. But the reason why we are here and they are there is because we have learned to discern the voice of God from those other voices. Hallelujah. Training your child to discern the right voice. The next thing is to develop this Christian character in the house. Hallelujah. You learn to develop the Christian, the Christian culture in your house. It's not just... It's, it's, in every place, in every society, there's a culture. And in your house, since your house is a Christian home, you want to train your children to also learn to develop the Christian culture. Let them get used to devotion every morning. You wake up in the morning, and you, some people wake up in the morning, the first thing is listening to BBC News or any other thing. But in your home, let your children get used. Yeah, oh, yeah, today. Yeah, today the first thing, pick, pick their phone, visiting. Instagram, visiting Facebook, yeah. But you train your children that the first thing we do when we wake up is to realize that God protected you when you were asleep. So the first thing is to say, thank you, Jesus, for protecting me when I was asleep. The child gets used to realizing that I didn't sleeping and waking up doesn't just happen by chance. So he learns to say, thank you, Jesus. And when you are back from school, when they are going to school, you train them with the habit of saying a prayer before going to school. Father, I am going to school. I'm going to learn today. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. The child gets used to knowing that wisdom comes from God. Knowing that the protection that he's going to get as he, as he walks to school comes from God. When they are back home safely, you, learn, you, you make them know have that culture of back home, we all gather and thank God for bringing us back safely. The child is growing up, getting used to understanding that it was God who took me and the same God protected me and it's the same God who has brought me back safely. So I'm thanking him. The child is growing up, getting used to that. He's getting used to that relationship with the Spirit of God. When he's about to eat, he says a prayer before starting to eat. The child is getting used to that as part of his life. Hallelujah. That is the Christian culture. You train the child to get used to that. You determine what, what happens in your... You know that this is... In this, this is our culture. We, we, we are Christians. We don't behave this way. We don't, you, you, you determine what kind of language is spoken in the home. So that when he goes out and is playing with other friends and, other, and they are speaking some other languages, the child understands that in my home we are Christians and we don't speak those languages. Because as a parent... You have created that environment for the child. You've made the child know who he is. He's known his culture. What's the, the kind of life that is expected from, from him. Hallelujah. The third thing I want to say is focus on providing understanding. Focus on providing understanding. Hallelujah. It's not just coming to church. Not just, not just religion, but understanding. Like I was explaining, The reason why we see a whole generation forgetting and not knowing God is doing things without understanding. Following people to church without understanding. That is why when they as long as they are following you, they are they are they are under your roof, they'll be following. But when they are no more under your roof, the moment they have to move, they their faith will be lost because the faith was not there in the first place. It was just a ritual just a ritual of going to church every sunday it was just a ritual so the faith was not there in the first place so the moment they get out of your your roof they immediately the faith is gone so you focus on providing that understanding in matthew chapter 13 verse 19 Jesus says that when anyone hears the word of the, the kingdom, actually he was giving the parable of the sower, and he, the first one he said was the, the, the seed that fell by the wayside. And when it fell by the wayside, the bears came to devour it. And he was explaining that anyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is, this is he who received the seed by the wayside. If their children are just following you to church and do not have understanding of why they are, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Even as adults, whatever we do in church, when we are doing praises and worship, we have to understand what we are doing. We have to understand that it's God we are praising. It's not like we we just want to entertain ourselves and, and dance. We just we just want to learn dancing moves and we have to understand that it is God we are praising. When the understanding is there, anything you do repeatedly with time the essence of it is lost when you do it repeatedly with time after some time it becomes a ritual the the purpose the reason why it's being done it, it gets lost when you keep doing it repeatedly hallelujah that is why we have to ensure that as we do things we don't just do things repeatedly but we understand we always remind ourselves why we are doing it And that is what will cause your faith to stay firm and stronger. Exodus chapter 12, verse 24 to 27. And you shall observe this. Exodus chapter 12, verse 24 to 27. And you shall observe this as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. So God is giving them an instruction that should be observed as an ordinance forever. It means that all their generations are going to come to follow that ordinance but look at what god said it will come to pass when you come to the land which the lord will give you just as he promised that you shall keep this service and it shall be when your children say to you what do you mean by this service that you shall say it is the passover sacrifice of the lord who passed over the houses of the children of israel in egypt when he struck the egyptians and delivered our household so people bow to the heads and worship hallelujah god told them that this is what you are supposed to do and make sure that you keep doing it for train your children to do it forever but as they are doing it it will come to a point where they will ask why are we doing this when i was born i saw my grandmother doing this and my mother also was doing it and now they are and why, why are we doing it so god said god knew the danger of doing something as a routine God knew that at a point, the essence, the purpose will be lost. So he says that when your children ask you, explain to them. Don't tell them that, oh, it just that's how it is. Providing understanding is very important. And once they understand why they are doing it, they will grow up and not depart from it because they understand why they are doing it. Even me, if I'm doing something, I don't understand the use of it. I'll easily get discouraged and stop doing it because I don't know, I don't understand. Why am I wasting my time doing this all the time? So, the same way, your child, if your child doesn't understand why he's doing what he's doing, then you shouldn't be surprised that he grows up and he throws away the faith because he didn't he never understood why we are we are saying a prayer, why we are coming to church, why we are doing everything. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. As you therefore have Have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, and as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Ensure that you always provide understanding so that your children can be rooted rooted and built up. To be rooted and to be established comes when we understand what we are doing. Hallelujah. And the last thing I want to say is the role of prayer. The role of prayer building invisible boundaries, building spiritual boundaries, and constant prophecies as the prophets or the priest of your home. As a parent, one rule that you also have to understand is that you are the priest of the home. You are the prophet of the home. You are the one who provides spiritual, not just the physical protection. So as you are providing shelter for the child, you make sure that the child is living in a comfortable room, has a bed to be lying on, You are, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you are doing well, providing the shelter for the child. But you also have to remember that you are also the priest of the home. So you are also providing spiritual protection for the home. The shelter is just protecting the child from the storm, from the rain. That is just the physical one. What about the spiritual protection? What about the other voices that are also trying to influence your child? You have to create an environment in your home. You have to make your home a no-go area for evil spirits. So that the spirits that are flying about, deceiving people, getting people to be addicted to drinking, to smoking, those spirits cannot easily fly into your home to come and, contaminates your child because you have provided you have provide you have built a a spiritual boundary in your home you have built a hedge in your home that you have declared and you've told the enemy that you do not trespass you do not cross this boundary this house belongs to god everyone in this place our bodies are the temple of the living god the children here they belong to god you do not touch them when the, enemy, when the enemy is going about killing everyone's firstborn, he gets to your home and he sees that sign on your house because you are the priest of the home. You've taken authority in the house and you are determined to ensure that no matter the disaster or the evil that is going about, it is going to pass us over because this place is a no-go area for the enemy. You mark the children with the blood of Jesus. Make it a constant practice. To lay hands on the child, pray for the child. When the child is sleeping, you lay hands on the child, you keep praying for the child, you keep praying for, because you are marking the child with a seal, so that when the child is in school and there's there's, there's an evil happening in the school and it's affecting everyone, that evil will identify your child that, no, there's a mark. The child might might, might might be young, might be innocent, might not know how to pray, himself but because of your prayer you have provided a seal on the mark on the forehead of the child and when the evil is coming the evil is passing over your child because you have taken your authority as the priest of the home and you always prophesy over your children you determine the kind of future you want your children to have you keep declaring the kind of future the kind of and as you do it Isaiah 54 verse 13 and 14 All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and grace shall be the peace of your children. So you make this your declaration. All my children shall be taught by the Lord. You make this a prophecy that you always declare upon your children. Grace shall be the peace of my children. In righteousness they shall be established. They shall be far from oppression. They shall be far from fear. They shall be far from terror in the mighty name of Jesus. You make this a confession in your home because you are also taking your authority as the prophet of the home, determining the future of your children. You are not sitting down because as a a child is going out out and playing with friends, some people are calling the child, uh, insulting the child, talking negative on the child. But you are also taking authority in the home and you are speaking positive things concerning your child because you are determining the kind of future you want for your child by always declaring In righteousness, they shall be established. My children shall be far from oppression. They shall be far from fear. They shall be far from terror. It shall never get them in the mighty name of Jesus. Once you do this, you realize that no matter how far the child goes, he is established in the faith. He will never never go away from the path you define for him. Like Joseph in in Genesis 39 verse 9. He said, how, how can I do Genesis 39. There is no greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything for me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? There is a secret here. You've not realized it yet. Joseph started explaining how nice his master has been to him and went on to explain that, but he has has not withhold anything from me except you because you are his wife. And then he concludes by saying that, how then can I do such a wicked thing? Can you bring the scripture back? How then can I do such a wicked thing against God? You may think that as he started talking about, oh, my master has been so nice to me, he's so good, and you are his wife, he was going to conclude by saying that, so how then can I do such a wicked thing against him? The fear wasn't for his master. Joseph was not staying away from the wife of Potiphar because he feared Potiphar. It wasn't because of his master, but it was because of God, because he had his own relationship with God because he understood that I am sinning against God. His emphasis wasn't on his master. His emphasis was on sinning against his God. When the child grows up, developing the relationship with God and understanding that everything I'm doing, I'm doing because of God. Wherever he finds himself, he will no longer do the right thing just because you are there as a parent. When even he goes outside the house and you are not there, He's still doing the right thing because the fear is not for you. It's not because of you. It's not because of the police. It's not because there are cameras here. Because it's, the emphasis is on God. He's understood that he's doing it for God. So whether there are cameras, whether there are police, whether he knows, and he will stick to it. And he will say, how can I do such a thing against my God? It showed the kind of relationship he had with God. I can't break his I can't do this to him. If it was for Potiphar, the moment Potiphar wasn't in the house, he would have committed a sin. But because his emphasis was on his God, train the child to have the relationship with God. Hallelujah. We see the same thing with Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. They have been carried from their home, but they determined because they had understanding of why they do what they do. We will not defile ourselves. Our bodies are the temple of God. We cannot defile ourselves with the, with these food that have been offered to idols. We cannot. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We will not bow down, even though we are no longer in our country, even though we are not we are no longer in the place where maybe our God is. We are not. We are not bowing down, because they understood. They had built their own relationship with God. In Hebrews chapter eleven, verse twenty-four, the Bible says. By faith, Moses, when he was old, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Because Moses had developed an understanding. He he was trained when he was with his parents that you are a Hebrew. And because he had gotten that understanding, the pleasures in Egypt could not move him. All the things that Pharaoh enticed him with could not move him. He couldn't change his mind. He grew up in the palace and he still, all the influences, the magicians in, in he was trained. He was he was being trained as a prince. So he was taken through all those training. All those he was taken through all those things that they trained a the Pharaoh with. Yet he couldn't change his heart. Because the foundation that was built by the parents was strong. The emphasis was on having a relationship with his God. And because of that, when he was come to years he refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter but he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of god look, look 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 at the disciples look at peter james john and the rest who in the in the in the face of death denounced jesus they will say no even at the point of death because they have seen something their faith wasn't based on what they have heard they had heard from someone else it was based on what they did not admit that you stole the body of jesus admit that this jesus you are talking about never rose from the grave they because they had really seen it because they had really experienced it if it was something someone else had told them then at the point of death they would have said that oh yeah true i don't know about it it was paul who told me but when they had understood things because they had seen something for so john in in, in starting the, the first letter of, of john says that that which we have seen and heard that which we have looked upon and our hands have handled the words of life that is what we are also declaring to you we have seen it i was there i walked with him i've heard it i've experienced what i'm saying and that is why at the point of death i am still standing by it train the child to know god for himself and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Hallelujah.